0: You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hello, Legal Talk Network listeners. We recently had the opportunity to cover ABA Tech Show in Chicago, Illinois, which featured many wonderful speakers and events. What you're about to hear are interviews covering its Microsoft Office track, which is a series of presentations dedicated to helping lawyers run a better practice by getting more out of Microsoft Office. We want to thank Ivan Hemmons Baron Henley and Dan Pennington for stopping by to share with us some of their expertise from their presentations. We hope you find this information helpful in your law practice. We now cut to my interview with Ivan Hemans about his presentation on mastering the basics of Microsoft Office. Here's Ivan.
1: My name is, as you said, Ivan Hemmons. I am from the uh, sunny Los Angeles, California, born and raised. I work And I hang my hat on a regular basis at the law firm of Omelvany & Myers. Okay. Right there in downtown Los Angeles. We have somewhere in the order of 700, 800 attorneys, about as many staff, 16 offices around the world. So some might call it a large law firm. I've been with them now for 16 years, and I've had a variety of careers with them. Today, my title is Manager of Technology Development and Communications. Excellent. And that puts me right on top of the technology learning function at the firm. And I, I function kind of like an ambassador between... Your technology people, like uh, IT. I don't know you can see the air quotes that I'm using there. And also the, uh, the staff and the regular people. I like to call them the laymen, the lay people.
0: Okay. So let's get to it. You're doing a Microsoft Office track. And so do you, uh, can you tell us the title of your presentation and then give us a
1: general synopsis? At this time of the day, I think knowing the title of my session would be a major accomplishment. Let's see if I can do it. <laughs> okay. Sunny and Bright, Mastering the Basics of Microsoft Outlook. Excellent. So this is that you're taking the basics level.
0: Yes. So, okay, what kind of things are you covering at the basics level?
1: Well, we're a little bit beyond the bare bones basic of how to launch the program. Okay. We kind of assume that by this point people know how to double click something that looks like an envelope. But we, we start just beyond that. So I was focusing on Office 2013, which is the newest version of Microsoft Office available. But I was trying to aim at every Outlook user, anyone who's used Outlook ever since 2003, maybe even earlier. Uh, we focused on the ribbon, which is the newest component for people who have been using Outlook 2003. That's the collection tabs along the top of the window. We focused a little bit on email, some things you can do to streamline your email flow a little bit, a couple of basics on Outlook uh, calendar appointments and meeting scheduling. And then we talked a lot about search, how to find the messages, and whether or not you should be a piler, which is the opposite of a filer. A filer is really organized about moving messages where they belong, and a piler says, eh, I'll use search to find it later. Okay, fantastic. So, now these are one of the questions I've
0: been asking some of the presenters that are coming on to do an interview. So, explain to me in the terms of your presentation how what you were presenting today saves you money, saves you time, makes your
1: practice life easier, perhaps enhances the client experience. All right, well, time is money. Yes. And my focus was really around helping people understand the tool so that they can save time in their day-to-day work. So. The first thing on the ribbon, we talked about how you could go around the ribbon and right-click to collect the common tools that you use all the time and put them in something called a quick-access toolbar, which is a small row of icons that sits just above the ribbon. So if you can put all of your frequently used commands and tools in one spot, then you don't have to go hunting and looking for them all over the place. We also talked about how to use keyboard shortcuts to mark messages as read or unread and my favorite keyboard shortcut, Control shift v as in Victor, to take a selected message or a selected collection of messages and you move them with your keyboard to the folder where they belong. Excellent. So, so yeah, So that was really, really more focused on better understanding the app and a few tips on how to save yourself time and that in turn saves you money. We didn't get into the email etiquette side. The email etiquette side would be making thoughtful subjects and addressing messages and making sure your attachments are attached. That's more of the soft skills side, not the software side. of of email.
0: So I take it Microsoft Outlook is your favorite email manager?
1: For work, yes. It is my favorite email manager. How about for personal life then? Oh, geez, I use so many. I use so many. On on my mobile devices, I use a combination of the native app on the iPhone, the native app on your Androids. Of course, I have a BlackBerry because who's, you know, who's anyone without a BlackBerry nowadays, (laughs) right? And then then I also, on the Mac, I use the Mail app. I, I use all of them, but for large volumes of messages, in my opinion, there's nothing better than Microsoft Outlook. If you get 150, 200, 500 messages a day, you can really power through your mail with Outlook.
0: Okay. And what are some of the differences? And the, the previous, and I, I just it's
1: um, I'm losing it in my memory right now. What was the prior version? Was it 07 for Microsoft Outlook? So and? the current version is is Outlook 2013. Okay. The prior version was Outlook 2010. 2000. Okay. Then before sorry. that, 2007, and that's all on the Windows side. On the Mac side, it's different. Right now there's a technical preview, an open beta of Outlook 2016 for Mac, the prior wow. version was Outlook 2011, and before that Outlook 2008, so that's all on the Mac side.
0: Okay, so uh, for, for those uh, attorneys out there that are thinking about upgrading to the latest version of Microsoft Outlook, whether it's on PC or in Mac, uh, what are some of the, uh, I guess, distinguishable differences?
1: Ah, so for 2013, on the Windows side, I would say that uh, they focused a lot on white space, and for me... What does that mean? Uh, what does that mean? So white space. So a lot of the prior versions of Outlook had a lot of colors and buttons and tabs and sort of graphical elements that helped you to figure out where you were in the program. In the newer version, some people might call it flat, that sort of uh, de-emphasize all of the graphics and the colors and the gradients and really focus on the text and the content. So it's really a combination of text sitting on a white field. and for me, it took a little, a little bit of getting used to. I, I felt like I couldn't see anything because the text was so de-emphasized, the background was so de-emphasized, it kind of got lost on the screen, but I got used to it. And so that, that would be the most, it's, it's visually different, not, not in terms of the layout, but in terms of the color and the presentation. So that takes a little getting used to. Okay. Well, do you like it better now, now that
0: you've gotten used to it?
1: Yes. Okay. And, and the reason that I like it better is not because of the way it looks, but because of the way it works. Uh, For people who have large mailboxes, hundreds of thousands of messages that maybe they're keeping the last five or last 10 years worth of email, there's a new feature in Outlook 2013 that lets you set a time horizons. You, You might say, instead of keeping my entire mailbox on my laptop when I don't have internet, just keep the past six months, keep the past two years and that can help you keep just a percentage, a small piece of your entire mailbox on your laptop so you don't overload the hard drive with everything. Okay, have
0: there there been any upgrades in searchability?
1: Uh, The searchability is better. The, The interesting bit is that search takes advantage of Microsoft Instant Search, which is built into the operating system. So you'll see improvements both when you move to a newer version of Outlook, but the version of Windows that you're on makes a difference in how search performs as well.
0: Wow, fantastic, fantastic. So I've been asking uh, quite a few of the other presenters that have come by and and interviewed with us, besides your presentations, what are some of the presentations you've seen or events or are coming that you're most excited about in uh, Tech Show 2015, ABA Tech Show 2015?
1: Uh, Well, for ABA Tech Show 2015, I saw the effective presentations. uh, Well, that's using your iPad for effective presentations, and I found that to be quite interesting. I also caught some of... One of the security sessions, which was the uh, it was the beginner session on security. You need to know digital security, or or some such title. It was very long, but it was very the the information was great. The audience was engaged. It was a good time. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, how long you have been involved with the ABA uh, Tech Show? Now you're on the board, is that correct? I am. This is my first year on the ABA Tech Show board. Tech Show board. So how long have you been part of the ABA Tech Show? My first ABA Tech Show was in 2011. Okay. And I spoke that year, I was invited to speak, and I spoke on Windows 7 with Jim Calloway. Okay. And I spoke on Microsoft Excel with Dan Pennington. Okay. And we had a great, great time. They invited me back in 2012, and uh, I wasn't able to make it out last year. But I got an invitation to participate in the board, and I'm happy to be here.
0: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, we're running a little short on time uh, for the remainder of this interview, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to leave the listeners with uh, any points of advice, favorite features, or something you want to leave them with so they can take home uh, from TechShow, even if they weren't able to attend.
1: Okay, well, I'll limit it to the Microsoft Outlook. Okay. Uh, And my favorite feature I've already mentioned, it's the... Moving a message to a designated folder, Control shift v as in Victor, Uh, if you use that, you can then type the name. So a dialog box will appear after you press Control shift v and that'll show you the list of all of your folders. You can type the name of your folder to quickly jump to it. And if you're like me and you've got over 200 folders, that makes a difference. You can use your left and right arrows to expand and collapse subfolders, and then type exactly the name of the folder you want, press Enter, and you've moved one or 10 or however many messages you have highlighted. The other thing that I'd recommend you take a look at is search in the newest versions of Outlook. 2007 or newer, you click in the search box for mail, a whole search ribbon appears, and you can click things. You can click uh, messages that have attachments, you can click messages received this week, you can click from and then type a name of a person that it's from, and very quickly you can assemble a complex search phrase that helps you find exactly the messages you're looking for in a very short amount of time.
0: And how can our listeners get a hold of you if they have some questions?
1: Oh, if they want to get a hold of me. Well, um, I have a website. Okay. Uh, I used to write on it regularly, but now I write on it irregularly. It's hemans.com. That's spelled H E Amazon Mary, Mary A-N-S. dot com, or you can just search for Ivan Hemmons on on the Google or your search engine of choice, and you should find me right there.
0: Well, Ivan, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing
1: uh, some of your presentation with our listeners. Yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. It was a great time.
0: We hope you've enjoyed this interview with Ivan Hemonds. Up next, we have Baron Henley being interviewed by our very own Adriana Linares about his presentation on how to get faster at using Microsoft Word. Take it away, Adriana.
2: Welcome to the show, Baron. Thank you. Thanks for stopping by. I know you're pretty busy. You got a couple tracks that uh, you're, you're going to be doing, or you did one, and you're going to do one tomorrow. Before I ask you about that, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where do you come from? What do you do? Where do you work? What do you do for fun?
3: <clears throat> I cook for fun.
2: You do? That's right. Let's get I'm back an, to that. Tell I'm a us a major who, cook. Before, when you're not cooking, what do you do by day?
3: I run the document assembly and Microsoft Office training departments for Affinity Consulting Group. Um, I'm in their Columbus, Ohio office. And I've been in Columbus for a really, really long time and went to undergrad in law school at Ohio State. Excellent.
2: And you're a regular speaker at Tech Show. This is not your first rodeo. You've been around a while.
3: Not, yep.
2: And uh, normally you're well known for your cooking. That's really what you're well known for, which I think is one of the coolest things about you. You're always looking for new and neat foods to make and try. What's uh, What's been your favorite thing you've made lately?
3: Lately, actually, t- uh, two of my uh, teenage daughters decided to go vegan. Really? Which is supremely annoying to someone who likes to cook and eat anything. Surely. But since I'm the cook in the family, I've had to experiment with all sorts of vegan recipes that I could actually ingest and enjoy (laughs) and that's been quite a challenge so um not not any particular I mean I make a lot of recipes if I'm home I cook every single day so they blur together and I don't like to repeat things yeah but I've I've actually found some vegan recipes that I like and that's kind of surprising
2: that's um inspiring for those of us who every once in a while have to go out with a vegan and they're like let's go to a vegan restaurant and you're like oh no God, I'm gonna starve (laughs) anyway that's great I think that's one of your very coolest features also among those features is the fact you and I are sort of um, kindred spirits because we spend a lot of time teaching lawyers how to use their computers. Yeah. Specifically in Microsoft Office, and you said that you run the training department for Affinity. You're here talking about Microsoft Word. Yep. Tell us a little bit, and you also recently wrote a great article about Word, and I think Word is a true pain point, which it shouldn't be for lawyers. So what, do you, what did you talk about today in your Word session that you did?
3: Well... Today, I just was trying to get a couple of points across, the first of which is that using Word doesn't make you better at Word, and that really the only way to get better at it is to get some training um, or to read a really long manual, and since no one will read manuals, training is the best option. And then I, I talked about styles, which is the most important and least understood feature in Microsoft Word. It was a kind of risky because that's a little nerdy of a subject to yeah. cover in a beginning because it was it was classified a beginning word class. Um, but last, last year I did the same program and I covered a bunch of lighter topics and felt like I didn't want to repeat exactly what I did right. last year because some people come back. So I went in a completely different direction.
2: But, you know, sometimes I think as a word trainer, too, that if I could get them to understand styles first then the other stuff could become a little bit easier. So why don't you tell our listeners who may be thinking what on earth is a style, exactly what that is and why it's so important important to being a good word user.
3: Um, a style is a formatting definition that takes uh, font and paragraph formatting and combines it um, and makes it very easy to apply.
2: Is it like a macro? Because that seems to be a term that people are familiar with. Is it like a yeah, macro? It's
3: it, Well, it, it could a macro could be used to perform the same functions but it would be the wrong way to do it in the Word environment. So it's a way of saying, here's what I want the text to look like, and you define a style to do that, and simply clicking in the paragraph and then applying the style makes whatever that paragraph was doing before stop, and it becomes whatever you want it to be. And styles, the reason that, that it's really important to understand is because Word uses them without your knowledge or consent, You can't turn them off. And so even if you hate styles and have vowed never to touch them again for the rest of your life, as long as you're using Word, you are in fact using them every single time you do a document.
2: So if I'm writing a brief and I have recurring looking headings in my brief, let's say I want on a regular basis to start a new section of my brief where there's um, the word opening or argument or fact in all caps, bold and underlined, and I want, I'm going to do that 20 times in a document. How does this style help me do that faster?
3: Well, if you didn't know how to use styles, then you would use what we call direct formatting, which is to say you would select each of those headings. 20 and times. And you would manually apply.
2: Three things.
3: All those formatting attributes. So that's attributes. like
2: 60 clicks I had to do to get something to be bold, underlined, and all caps.
3: Right. So if you, did, if you did a style that did that, you would simply create the style in the first place. Then you could select all of those... Uh, headings one time and apply the style. Now, not only will they start doing what the style told them to do, but if you change your mind later, you never have to touch them again. And that's maybe the best part about it. You just go back to the style and you say, okay, style, I want you to be first letter uppercase and bold and underlined. And you simply change the style definition in all 20 of those headings, wherever they appear in the document, instantly update to that new definition. And so thereafter, it ensures consistency, first of all. And secondly, it makes it really really easy to change your mind and and apply some different formatting to the stuff you've already formatted
2: so this sounds really hard is it hard
3: it's not hard but there are steps and and getting back to what i was talking about earlier you're not likely to stumble upon the steps right Uh, so that's why training helps a lot and, but once you get the training, the steps, as I mentioned, aren't difficult. You just have to know what they are. Once you know what they are, it's the same set of steps every single time.
2: Over and over. Yeah. You recently wrote an article. I think it was titled something along the lines, It's Not Word, It's You, Lawyer. And you very succinctly described three or four issues that lawyers face with Word, but also the solutions for them. Can you remember a couple of those tips that you gave and, and, and sort of recite them again? <laughs>
3: Well, the premise of that article—could you article, make some
2: up? <laughs> the, pre-
3: <laughs> the premise of Touch that article guard. was that using Word doesn't make you better at it, and there's an expectation that anything you practice at, you're going to get better at, and Word isn't like that.
2: Well, and I, I guess what you're saying is, I, I walk into law firms a lot too, and somebody will say, "Well, our, our secretaries don't need Word training because they've been using Word since we got it back in, you know, 2004." Right. So they're good Word users, and you're saying, that's just not true. No. My... And I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, that is one of the, the, the things that makes me crazy that I hear is, I've been using Word a long time.
3: I think a lot of times lawyers feel that their, their staff is really good at it because they've been doing it a long time, but they don't, they don't have anything to measure that against. They don't right. know how long it should take to get a particular document done, and they don't look over their shoulders to watch them you know, wander around aimlessly trying to figure out how to get the text to look the way they want. Right. And, and if they did, they would see that, in fact, they actually don't know what they're doing. They're just beating the text into submission, right. and that is not evidence of how to use the program. So that's just people misdiagnose themselves, and they feel like I've been using it a long time, therefore I'm good at it. And they aren't, but they, they you know, if you completely understand Word... All of the formatting issues that people struggle with don't occur in the first place. They're avoidable. They're avoidable. And so all of your time is simply spent creating content and not wrestling with the formatting. And a lot of people spend half their time wrestling with the formatting.
2: It's crazy. So talking about that, your topic tomorrow is about building templates. So talk to us a little bit about how you can avoid fighting with formatting if you have templates that are built right with styles and the layout in the beginning. What's your, your sort of uh, couple main points for tomorrow's topic?
3: Well, it's the importance of getting your content together in a usable format. Most law firms create new documents by finding old ones that are pretty similar to the next one they need to create. Mm-hmm. They save it as a new file name, and they start messing with it. The problem is those documents are broken. So they go through the same exercise of trying to get the text to look the way they want. They add a new paragraph. It messes everything up. And the the point is, if you fix that starting point document, A, it's a bad idea to start from a previously used document. It's really easy to leave stuff in that you should have taken out. It's really easy to leave stuff out you should have added. The personal pronouns, all the little things, it's the wrong, the word is spelled correctly, but it's the wrong word. And when you do the search and replace, you miss tons of those things. And then finally, if it's an adversarial area of practice, like I did real estate, We did tons of leases for, I don't know why, but we had a lot of clients that owned strip malls. So we were always doing these leases for tenants that were coming in. Those were always negotiated. Right. So you get somebody that comes in, they're like, oh yeah, I need a new lease. I've got a Chinese restaurant coming into my strip mall. Okay, so what am I likely to do? Find the last one I did. Maybe it was a restaurant as well but they were represented by counsel. And so I wrote this lease that oppressed the tenant and protected the landlord, and their counsel said, what? wait a minute, <laughs> right? And we went back and forth and back and right. forth, and I made all these compromises. And, I, you know, for me, a day later, I don't remember all the compromises I made. So it's loaded with latent defects. And for me to go back and use that again is kind of like malpractice per se. Um, but that's what people do, because they don't have anything better to start with. And so, th- so this, the, tomorrow's seminar is about pulling together the best of what you know, and going back to that, not the last one you did. Right. And and adding in annotation, making it usable for other people. That's the other thing lawyers aren't very good at is sharing what they know with other people. It's always in their head. The lawyer dies or leaves. Everything that firm knew about that subject matter left with that lawyer. And the objective is for that never to happen again.
2: Right. I like that. So let's say we've got some listeners who we have convinced that they should get some training with Word and learn how to build templates and, and make their content reusable in a, in a very effective way. Um, where can they go to get that kind of information?
3: ABA Tech Show.
2: Great, great answer.
3: So I think that's one of the great things about this is the, the substance of the seminars here is really unparalleled.
2: Awesome. I nice. mean,
3: don't you agree? Oh. I,
2: I mean, I've been involved with Tech Show for 15 years and I don't think there's another show like it. Yeah. You know, the thing is, it only lasts two and a half days. So the rest of the time, when you want to get information like this, there are companies like yours, Affinity Consulting, and of course they can Google, you know, technology training for lawyers, Word for lawyers, Word for law firms. And I think that's the type of thing that sometimes people don't think can be a specialized Google search and you can get answers for out there. So I just want to make it really clear to our listeners that. You shouldn't struggle with Word. A lot of people think they hate Word, and I just think, well, you know, get a little bit of training. The ABA LTRC does webinars all the time. Right. You can certainly find information out there. Do you have any resources that you recommend pretty regularly?
3: Um, there's uh, the ABA Ben Shores book for yeah. uh, Microsoft Word 2013 for lawyers for yep. law firms.
2: Of course, I think we have all the books. You know, yep. there's uh, Excel, Word for PowerPoint, lawyers. Word. Your partner wrote PowerPoint for lawyers. Yeah, um, one
3: of my other partners wrote, uh, well, well, it's not Microsoft Office, sorry. That's DC okay. Law so
2: uh, the ABA bookstore would be a great place to yeah. go and get books and information, and of course keep an yeah. eye on the legal technology. But Resource coming here
3: Center. in the in the expo in it's the vendor the midway, you've, you're you're seeing everything that's out there. You're meeting the subject matter experts. You've got Taste of Tech Show where you can get them in, together in a more informal setting, ask questions. If you've got an agenda of tech issues that you're frustrated with, this, this is, is the, the place to come. Right, this is, this is where you place. get answers. Oh,
2: I totally agree. Well, it looks like we've reached the end of our time together. I want to thank Baron Henley for joining us. If our listeners want to reach you or follow you on Twitter, or keep an eye on your tips and tricks and what you've got going on. How can they do that?
3: Uh, B. Henley at AffinityConsulting.com. Baron Henley is my Twitter handle. Is that what you call it?
2: Yeah. So, and let's spell it out because sometimes it's hard. B.
3: A. R. R. O. N. H. E. N. L. E. Y.
0: Next up. Dan Pennington joins me on the Expo floor to tell us about his presentation on how to utilize Microsoft Excel to increase your accuracy and efficiency in
4: your law practice. Here's Dan. I am the Vice President of Claims Prevention and Stakeholders Relations at the Lawyers Professional Indemnity Company, which is the malpractice carrier for just over 25,000 Lawyers in Ontario. Uh, I am responsible for, among other things, the Claims Prevention uh, Program, uh, all about reaching out in a proactive way to help lawyers understand where claims happen, why claims happen, and most importantly, give them tools and resources to help them avoid claims uh, from happening.
0: And as my memory has it, you're a returning guest to Legal Talk Network. That's right, been on and on a few times before. Yes, I remember, I remember. So, I have it on my notes, or I have it in my notes here that you're presenting in the Microsoft Office track. Is that correct? That's correct. All right, great, and so uh, just for the benefit of our listeners, uh, tell us a little bit about the intentions of the Microsoft Office track as it pertains to ABA Tech Show.
4: Sure. I've been coming to TechShow for uh, many years. I think 2001 was my uh, first year. Uh, I'm a past uh, chair. 2007 was on the board for many years. And uh, TechShow is all about technology education by lawyers for lawyers, teaching them uh, what they need to do to use technology uh, more effectively, more efficiently and safely in their practices. Obviously, Microsoft Office is in many, many firms, uh, whether it's uh, just Word for word processing, but also Excel and PowerPoint, and uh, Outlook is probably uh, one of the most widely used email programs in in, uh, law offices. So I think having an Office track and sessions on each of those four applications means there's some great educational sessions for uh, lawyers, uh, how to learn to use Office better.
0: Yeah, and uh, from what I can tell, uh, looking at the schedule, it's one of three tracks that go for more than one day. So we've got a lot of, a lot of tracks that just go for one day or part of a day, but uh, uh, the Microsoft Office, Meet the Authors, and the How-To tracks go for multiple days.
4: Lots of content there, lots to learn there.
0: Well, so let's, uh, let's cut into it. Uh, what is the title of your presentation, and
4: what are you doing? The title of my session is uh, How to Accelerate Your Practice with Microsoft Excel. That's a great name. It's a great name. All right, so tell us a little bit about it. Sure, I think Excel is one of the most underutilized programs uh, on just about every lawyer's computer that they aren't using, or if they are using, they're only uh, using it a bit. It's an amazing, Powerful tool. Uh, most people would initially think just for crunching uh, numbers and that, da- uh, but it also extremely powerful uh, for manipulating, crunching word data. Say, for instance, uh, using it in the course of listing and tracking uh, productions on a, an electronic discovery privilege logs, uh, but also an accommodation things where, say, for instance, doing the the calculations on uh, a a lease document, you know, net, net, net lease, what does that really mean if you have... Oh, the triple net? Yes, type up a sheet that did all those calculations for you. Uh, Things like settlement amounts, sometimes there's loads of different damages uh, that go into a settlement, but you want to figure out what the different numbers are, add them up. Um, pre or post judgment interest amounts. In some jurisdictions, those change monthly and going back two, three, five years, whatever, uh, to do that little monthly calculation by hand would be uh, very time consuming and prone to error to do up little spreadsheets and you can do it instantly. Well, you're preaching to the choir because I love Excel. I've actually
0: incorporated quite a bit into my practice. I've had uh, done some lease agreements and, and I've done different financial deals where I needed to kind of go back, check the math and make sure the compounding added up in our contract. And so I love it. It's a very powerful tool. It's an exceptionally powerful tool. It's got a lot of flexibility. And like you say, you know, you can manipulate data for searches and pull things up. Um, but for those lawyers out there that maybe aren't in the financial realm or any place where they have to do calculations, I like to always connect the dots between how does this save a lawyer time or how does it save the money?
4: Absolutely. I think the, the, the trick again is if you're going to do a very complex calculation, there's opportunities for there. Every time uh, you an error, every time you punch in the number, change a number, odds are, you might type the wrong or push the wrong button on the calculator or do the wrong calculation if you're doing it out. Longhand, the great thing about Excel is you know if the formulas are done right, that the math is going to be right uh, every time. And if you need to go back and change or adjust one number that's uh, in a series of calculations, you know that the rest of the calculations are going to be done uh, properly. Uh, If you are using it to uh, manipulate uh, data, uh, say, for instance, uh, with the uh, production listing for uh, e-discovery purposes on a litigation matter, really gives you the ability to search and sort and filter different kinds of documents, productions from different uh, people. So what traditionally people might do by reading through long lists uh, with a few clicks, you can make sure you find, say, every occurrence of a document from a particular individual or so on. Great. So... uh and if you can, and I know that we
0: uh, some uh, a lot of our listeners are not going to be in attendance for this year's ABA Tech Show, but the goal here being is we'd like to expose them to the content. Can you share with us a few tips or tricks to help them out in their practice today, some uh, take-home moment for them?
4: Absolutely. The The attendees of Tech Show uh, get to go home with a uh, Excel cheat sheet I prepared, which is, uh, I think, actually posted on the web or we can get it posted up to the show notes if you want. It's uh, That'd be kind of a collection of all my best tips and tricks and keyboard shortcuts from many years of using Excel. So happy to make that uh, available to people. Just give some idea of some of the things uh, that are in there. Um, the amazing undo uh, keyboard shortcut, uh, Control Z. Uh, all of us will have done something or typed a series of keystrokes and ended up with a big mess in, in your spreadsheet. Or and this works, works in Word and PowerPoint as well. Just press Control Z a couple of times, and you can back out, undo uh, what the mess you created, and kind of start uh, start over again. Another great one, I think, is um, tabs. Sheet one, sheet two, sheet three. What the heck does that mean? Are you going to remember when you open it up again in a, in a few days or weeks uh, or months? So show people how, uh, click on the, na- on the tab, you can type in, give it uh, a different name. You can actually change the order of tabs by dragging and dropping them. Uh, and uh, the real power tip, uh, if you're doing up a series of sheets, say a series of sheets for different months, if you hold the control key and click on multiple tabs, you can actually select multiple sheets and type in one worksheet and have that content go into multiple sheets at the same time. So, say you were creating a set of monthly timesheets, you could type it all in once but have that entered into uh, multiple sheets. Some uh, great navigation shortcuts control home takes you. Uh, to the upper uh, left corner, and if you want to jump between different tabs, Control Page Down will uh, move you over to the uh, right. Select an entire row, Shift Space Bar, or click on the row number. Uh, <laughs> select an entire column, Control uh, Space Bar, and uh, or click on a on a column heading. So those are. Uh, some of the other tips. Do you want some more? No, that sounds
0: good, but clearly, We don't want to give away too much here because we want people to attend tech show, but obviously, I mean, uh, it's very plain that that Dan Pennington knows his stuff when it comes to Excel. Now, what you can't see is that our host, Sharon Nelson, came by to summon Dan to his next presentation, and we are running dangerously close to getting him uh, late to that or making him late for that. And so I have one last question for you, Dan. I'm trying to ask everybody this. And so, Minus your presentation to, or your two presentations while you're here at IBA Tech Show, what are a couple of things or one thing that you're looking the most forward to to this year's
4: IBA Tech Show? I think uh, probably the biggest challenge facing all of us uh, inside and outside of law is um, security, protecting our personal info, uh, protecting our business law firm info from all the different cyber threats. Uh, that are out there, uh, everything we seem to do to fix or protect ourselves. Uh, uh, the scammers uh, seem to up at one and figure out a way to get around that. So uh, I've gone to several of the sessions on, on cyber issues and uh, learned some uh, good tips and uh, I'll be passing on to the lawyers of Ontario and uh, lots of work to be done there uh, clearly folks are struggling with that issue but uh, good to see more awareness of, of it and uh, it's something we're just going to have to keep working on.
0: Well it looks like we've reached the end of our time together here today on this episode but I want to uh, I want to first of all thank you Dan but I also want to give you an opportunity to share some contact information uh, to our listeners or with our listeners so that they can uh, contact you if they if they want to uh, learn a little bit more.
4: Sure. Uh, my email address, Dan, D-A-N dot P-I-N-N-I-N-G-T-O-N at lawpro.ca, L-A-W-P-R dot C-A, not dot com. Uh, feel free to contact me by uh, email. Uh, we uh, put all of the risk management claims prevention info that LawPro puts out uh, up on our practicepro.ca website, P-R-A-C-T-I-C-E-P-R-O and encourage folks to uh, visit there, uh, help, help you avoid a malpractice claim. This has been another edition of Special Reports. We hope you enjoyed this series of interviews. Until next
0: time, thank you for listening.